Welcome back to Coffee Time Wednesdays on the Prairie Farm Podcast. The EU has just granted $1.5 billion to farmers in the Netherlands to quit farming, and I want to talk about it. Coffee Time Wednesdays with uh, the Prairie Farm Podcast. Can't hit us with the jingle. Hello, if you've never heard us before, I'm Nicholas. Normally I have a host and a co-host with me on Coffee Time, but I'm doing this one alone. We uh, we looked into the Dutch farmers, uh, the Dutch farmer uh, debacle that's going on in Europe right now, and I thought, man, that is very interesting and talks about, and it brings to light all the sides of what we talk about in conservation and agriculture and how the world operates and what we can do about it. So I wanted to jump right in. First thing you need to know is that the EU is really trying to stifle climate change. So in order to do that, they've got a bunch of different rules for different uh, for all the countries in Europe that they have to follow. And one country that is having an issue following one of the rules is the Netherlands. The rule they're having an issue with is too much nitrogen is being released in their atmosphere. Uh, I, I heard one interview say that, that there's literally a blanket of nitrogen. So it's nitrogen oxide, and then another one is ammonia. But nitrogen is the one that everyone's talking about. So so there's too much nitrogen going on, and EU's cracking down on the Netherlands. So the past few years, the Netherlands have been like, okay, we got to do something. So they've come up with rules for building new buildings. That Actually, there are some places that aren't allowed to build new buildings, which is just crazy. Being from America and being told, like, yeah, you can't build a building. You know, that's just wild. Um, I know we have, like, zonings and permits and stuff like that. But still, to, I don't know. Land of the free, it, 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 it gets ingrained in you. The other thing is, um, there are a couple others. There's one where, where there are large reserves, conservation reserves. They're supposed to be more strict around that area. And I actually saw one where nitrogen was causing the biodiversity of these, you know, 2,000 acre uh, nature preserves, or I guess state or national parks as the equivalent in the United States, um, the biodiversity to plummet because there's so much nitrogen. Basically, only things that that can heavily handle nitrogen are surviving and everything else is just, uh, is just going away. So, and then another part of it is, is the farmer. So they're saying a lot of the particularly cattle or cows are, um, are emitting gases. And so we've got an issue, right? Because the Dutch government says, Hey, we need to have way less emissions and the farmers are like, well, the only way for us to do that is to have less cows. And I was listening to one interview where the gentleman literally said, if I have to cut out as many cows as they're telling me I need to, I will lose my farm. I won't be able to make the payments. He said it was something like 40% of his cows, which is pretty crazy. Um, so th- there's a few different sides of this, right? One, climate change. Uh, two, farmers making a living. Uh, three, government and 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 consumers and um, large business and big money and all the exciting things uh, I don't have a clean way of presenting this you're just gonna get a lot of information and then at the end hopefully will I'll give a 
uh, a really affluent sentence that uh, that sums it all up. And right now, recording it, I'm confident that is not going to happen. So, all right. So where do we start? Let's start with the EU. The EU says, hey, there's an issue. Let's fix it by putting in more rules. So they put in they put in a bunch they give a bunch of sticks and they didn't give any carrots for a while. What happened? Well, they cracked down on the Netherlands. The Netherlands then had to crack down on their farmers and the farmers were getting so fed up with it that in 2019 the BBB which stands for words that I can't pronounce but basically it's it's the farmer citizen party. Uh it, it's just like the Democrat or Republican party but in the Netherlands there there's a bunch more parties. Well, the BBB, which is is supposed to stand up for farmers, within a few years became the biggest party in the upper house of their parliament. So 2023, this past March, someone was, was voted in that would make them the largest upper house or party of the upper house of parliament. That's crazy. Just from 2019 to 2023. That's nuts. So that's how fed up these farmers are. In fact, farmers are actually, they're doing these rallies where they're blocking interstates. They're doing, I think there was one major one that like shut down the country for a couple days. And I did see a few interviews that, that several farmers had said, Hey, we don't want to do that again. We just needed everyone's attention. So they would start listening to us. Okay. So the EU cracks down on the Netherlands, who cracks down on the farmers. The farmers uh, step up and say, hey, we're going to start our own political party. That party gets a lot of power very quickly. What's the party going to do? Well, they're going to start sticking up for their farmers. What do the farmers want? One interview I was listening to, was one of the farmers said, hey, actually, I agree with all of these stipulations of going more green. And when I say go more green, I'll explain that more in a little bit. He said, it's just too much too quickly. We can't. You can't just expect us to make all these changes. For instance, one farmer made a change where he had to put in new flooring in in all of his barns for his cattle, where it was a special kind of flooring that would separate the urine and uh, and the manure uh, from uh, from the floor. So, and then he had like a little robot that would sweep it into these areas where it could get separated. Right? That it looked like a hundred and fifty thousand dollar project. You can't just expect all the farmers to do that overnight, right? So farmers are really upset or they say, hey, you need to cut down 40% of your nitrogen. And if you can't afford to do that, then you just need to get rid of 40% of your cows. Well, now all of a sudden a bunch of farmers are going bankrupt. That's a problem. So so the EU has a big, big stick swinging it around, swinging the stick around. It's hitting farmers. Farmers are angry about it. Um, and, and it didn't go super well. And I think it points to that some rules are good too many rules are just suffocating uh i I make this uh analysis that self-awareness if you are not self-aware you are very difficult to be around if you are super self-aware you're probably anxious and like thinking about how aware you are all the time right so it gets suffocating all of a sudden you can't think about oh should i blow my nose right now or later who's going to look at me who's going to care am i going to offend anybody right that's too self aware same thing for rules some rules are good they keep people from like killing each other too many rules keep people from doing anything and then the economy stops and people's creativity stops and people's desire to live or desire to thrive stops so 
you don't want too many rules. And I think the EU is kind of bordering on too many rules. But but what do you do? That That's their only power. Their only power is that they have rules. Well, now they've come up with a better solution. And I've been thinking this since I heard of this uh, issue. Not that I'm like some grand genius. I'm like, oh, they finally got it. But I was thinking this. I was like, well, if if the farmers are going to take a pay cut to help everyone else, everyone else should be helping to pay the farmers. And that's exactly what is happening. The EU is paying farmers to quit farming now it's not like oh they're going to get paid for the rest of their life and they don't have to do anything it's the eu is paying farmers to intelligently and economically viable for everyone including the farmer and the community around them they're paying them to shut down their doors i don't know what that means i don't know if that means that they're buying i mean if you have like a bunch of sheds and cattle and equipment maybe the eu is just buying all that equipment and shed and and stuff from them and and so they get a lump sum to help them figure out what they're going to do next i don't know obviously if you've been a farmer for a long time i mean you're talking the netherlands this isn't america people have been there for thousands of years uh you you might be instead of like in in america a fourth or fifth generation farmer that's a long time Uh, but in the Netherlands, that's probably like, everybody's probably like a fourth or fifth generation farmer. I bet, I bet it's almost regular to have like a 12th generation farmer. You know what I mean? It just goes way further back. So if that's all your great, 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 grandparents have been doing, that's really hard to close down. You're not, you don't want to just take some money and be fine with it. You know, that that's a hard life decision. Now, if they are facing a huge climate crisis, like the EU and the UN have been saying that they're that they're facing, then sacrifices will have to be made, but I don't want them to all fall on a farmer. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, so we've talked about the EU. I want to talk a little bit more about the farmers. The farmers, right, at first they're obviously very upset. One of the things they were saying is, hey, you're coming down hard on small farmers more than you are on big business. Look, man, that's just how it always is. That's how the world goes round. The government is is in it with big business and it's not like some diabolical scheme it's just the government has a lot of power you know else has a lot of power people who have a lot of money and those people talk to each other uh, and and they influence each other and, and they make decisions and often those decisions are amazing and often those decisions are not amazing and um and and here's here's another thing every single time someone writes a rule or the government or anyone in the government gets out of a chair someone will be marginalized. This just happens to marginalize a huge percentage of their country. So they banded together and said, enough of this. Here's something I find really interesting about the Netherlands agriculture and their farmers. They are the second largest exporter of of agricultural goods in the world, only beat by the United States. And listen to this, three Netherlands, three more than three could fit in Iowa, just Iowa, let alone Missouri, Illinois, Indiana. I know if you listen to our last coffee time, we talked about this, but to me, this is crazy. So here's what's happening. You have very, very, very efficient farming happening in a small part portion of Europe. And you are saying, we're going to take 40% of your cattle or, and, and what now that they're giving out the 1.5 billion. Oh, and I've been saying dollars, it's euros, 1.5 billion euros, which Probably comes out to what, like one point seven to two billion dollars, something like that. If you give that money to them and they quit farming, who's going to farm in their place? Probably people in Argentina or the United States or 
uh, maybe somewhere in Eastern Europe. Uh, and they're not as green as the Netherlands. Believe me, nobody in the United States, it, I live here, nobody is putting in a robot that sweeps manure into a place where manure and urine can be separated by the cows for $150,000. It just ain't happening here, right? So now you're going to get the same goods, but with higher emissions somewhere else. And I understand that that there's very concentrated emissions in the Netherlands. I actually don't know the science behind that. That might be worse. That might be better. Who knows? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm, there, I'm sure there are many people out there that know. So that is a question. But it is a bummer to me that you have to take out some of the most efficient farmers in the world and replace them with, with probably people who are going to be less efficient. Not that America is bad at farming. We're obviously getting pretty good at farming. But uh, I, I just think that's a bummer. And, and you know, in the Netherlands, there is more of a conscientiousness of being green, of being good for the environment, of working with your surroundings a little better than there are in a lot of places in the world. So it's a shame that the people that think like that who are farming the best they can, I mean, they're probably cutting edge in agriculture. I, I watched a couple videos uh um from one from bbc and one from i believe euro news and um both of them showed stuff i've never even heard of in the united states for cattle farming and i we've got cattle farmers all around we've interviewed several cattle farmers on this podcast right i had friends growing up in high school who talked about reaching in that cow and pulling out the calf so I, i'm around cattle farmers i've never heard of some of this stuff it's crazy they are they are the forerunners uh, from from what I understand, and and we are taking it out of their hands. I think that's a bummer. I think we can make a better decision there. I don't know what that better decision is, though. Right? It's always easier to sit back and say, "Well, you made the wrong decision." If I was Aaron Rodgers, I would have made a better throw there. Sure, you would have, Kevin. Sure, you would have. Anyway, so the government is screaming climate change is an issue. Farmers are screaming, "Hey, our income and our livelihood is an issue." I and and. I listened to more than two hours of content on this, and I've read several articles, and only one person brought up what I actually think is the issue. So either I'm in the minority because I'm very wrong, or maybe we're not thinking in the right place, or maybe people are thinking in the right place, and, and it's just not being talked about enough, or people don't want to talk about it. One person on an interview said, hey, it's not about money. And it's not about power, or it shouldn't be about those things. The issue is the way we are doing agriculture needs to change. So the government is saying, hey, just shut down the agriculture. Farmers are saying, hey, keep us going. We want to stay green. Um, and, and this guy, he literally said, hey, we're getting cattle that's born in another country, shipped here. And then we raise it here. And we have to get rid of the manure in I believe the country was Poland. He's like, we have to ship the manure to Poland. He says there has to be a more efficient, better way. And then he brings it up. And we love this. He said, what if there was a more regional way of doing agriculture? Right? We, but we are so used to getting oranges and strawberries and luxury meat and anything we want whenever we want. That would like feel like the end of the world. But what if it was a little harder to get some of those things? What if food was a little more expensive? But what if that food, because it was a little more expensive, was a little little better for you? What if it had less hormones in it? 
What if it was uh, a little more organic, had a little less pesticides on it? What if because it was a little more expensive, it was helping a local farmer? What if because it was a little more expensive that you knew where it was sourced? It actually said, hey, it was grown in this area. What if it mattered where our food came from? And our most recent podcast episode, uh, I believe it's called Save the World Through Sustainable Farming with uh, Angela Fanning. She talks about it. It's, it's, it's a big deal where we know where our food comes from. And I think, I mean, people can complain about the government. We know that people can complain about big money. People can complain about farmers. People can complain about the United States or Europe or, you know, the people making the decisions or the people pushing the paper. Guys, we're the issue. Our desire to have what we want when we want and not pay consequences for it, that's the issue. You don't get to have cheap beef and that beef be really good for you. You don't get to have beef whenever you want it for cheap and it not have consequences on the environment, right? Because in order to have beef whenever you want, or let's not say beef, let's say oranges. In order for you to get oranges whenever you want, Someone somewhere has to manipulate the climate or the environment to grow oranges all year round or have oranges that last all year, both of which don't sound that appealing to me, to be honest. But if we're not thinking about where they come from and we just know that they're beautiful and orange and round and sitting on the Walmart shelf, then then, it, you know, it's not a, something we're thinking about or uh, affects us. There's no pain that that's brought with it. OK, Nicholas, are you beating a dead horse? What's your point here? I don't know. Remember, we are going to go through it. It's going to be really messy. We're in it together. You've joined me this far. Here's what I would say. Here's, here's what I would, would take away from it. Is more rules aren't necessarily better. Don't plan on rules fixing the world around you. Right? Second, just because, and this is more for the farmers, just because we've been doing it in such a way for such a long time, doesn't mean it's the right way and maybe it is time for some change now forcing farmers to shut down i don't know that's really far i'm not a huge fan of the government like coming in and just dictating people's lives um i don't like that but maybe as farmers we can look and and i farm but as farmers we can look and say hey maybe maybe something could change maybe we could do things better maybe we could make a little less money to uh to help the people around us right and thirdly let's not think that we can have whatever we want without consequence there is always a consequence there is a consequence for uh uh quick and hastefulness i don't think that's a word but i'm going to use it there's a consequence for hastefulness there's a consequence for um getting things getting whatever you want, you know, not having to sacrifice, uh, those, there are consequences to these things. And, uh, and on the flip side, if you make good decisions, you will have positive consequences. Uh, I've recently been running for, uh, uh, to train for a half marathon. If I, if I am running, then I will not be as in much pain in as much pain when I do the half marathon. That is a good consequence. Uh, but on the flip side, if I don't run and I don't do any exercise for the rest of my life, I cannot expect to be in good shape. And honestly, I feel like 
a lot of people lose their right to complain about aches and pains and unhealthiness in their body if they are not going to treat their body right. But that's another side tangent. All right. We have come to an end. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, I forgot to say at the beginning. Coffee Time Wednesday for the Prairie Farm Podcast presented by Hoxie Native Seeds. What does that mean? That means dad bought all the equipment we use to record this stuff and he pays Kent and I to go out and find really good interviewers. We have got a really cool one coming this Friday, guys. You do not want to miss it. Bob Jackson, the buffalo man himself, the bison man, the poacher hunter of Yellowstone. If you don't know who he is, just Google Action Jackson. He's going to come up. And until next time. So I had just put my microphone away in the box, wrapped up the cord and everything. And I looked at my wife and said, ah, dang it. I forgot my sources. So this is to you, Mrs. Watson. There's a mouthful. I read several articles from Euronews.com. I mean, like four or five of them. And they spanned over almost two years worth of articles. Wikipedia.com just explained a little bit of the of the party, the Farmers Citizens Party. BBC.com had a couple articles. Reuters.com had a couple articles. NBCnews.com had a couple articles. Politico.eu, I believe, just had one article. And then there was a bunch of YouTube videos. France 24 had three or four YouTube videos I watched. BBC YouTube had several videos I watched. I think at least three. GB News had maybe just one or two YouTube. Uh, WION YouTube had, um, I believe, two that I watched. And then Euronews YouTube had, I think, three, two or three videos I watched. Sky News Australia, which was interesting because it was just the whole point of view from Australia. Uh, didn't add that much extra, but that was fun. Uh, and then CGTN Europe YouTube had one video from there. All right. Those are all of them. Feel free to go look them up. Have a great day.